On this edition of the Table of Content, we are joined by Sean Riley, one of our readers for WALB Audio Theatre. We'll talk with him a little bit more about his background and what he hopes to do down the road. Stay tuned. That's all coming up next right here on the Table of Content. Welcome to this edition of the Table of Content. I am your host, Albert Sine. So glad to have you joining us for this episode. And we are joined today by Sean Riley. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Albert. So uh, as I pretty much say almost verbatim for every show, uh, Sean, we like to give our listeners a chance to hear more about the background of the volunteers. So I'd like to ask you, can you give us a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do, uh, so that people can know who Sean Riley is? Before I came to the, the audio theater, I was uh, graduating from Seton Hill University in December 2018, and this new discovery of We Are One Body Audio Theater. And one time I was doing a, an audition for The Barking Cat, and I can tell immediately that this is a wonderful opportunity for, for me to get a taste of voice acting and build it into a side hustle or just a, just a dream job. So let, let me let me jump in there, Sean. So I get the sense that voice acting is not something that you were doing prior to audio theater. Is that what you're saying? I was looking for jobs in uh, creative writing. But then, of course, uh, one of my professors, Dennis Jers, is um, a professor of English. And I didn't really know that, that he was part of the audio theater. Uh, for a long time, I had classes with Mr. Jers, and I see he's a very clever person and uh, well, really dramatic, really eccentric, but a lot of compliments aren't, aren't always the same. But, but I feel voice acting is just um, I, it's so well connected that, that I meet somebody who I knew and see Mr. Jers as a friend and uh, as a professor and uh, as a member of the audio theater, it's how um, it's kind of a well, it's really wonderful connection. Well, I can tell you, you know, we love having Dennis involved with the audio theater productions. He is definitely such a creative minded person. And uh, even his whole family, we've had his whole family involved. So it's nice, like you said, kind of a small world uh, to know that you sort of join, you find out that Dennis is involved. Uh, and we've had some other connections like that. People are, people are starting to realize that uh, they know someone else who is kind of potentially involved. Or uh, what's, even, what's been better is we've actually had uh, volunteers be able to bring in other people that they know. So we've kind of been growing this audio theater family. So it's nice that you have your own built-in connection already through Dennis. Yeah. And the people there, John Watechko, Gredlin Darkey, and Thomas Moranchak, they're, <laughs> they're very pleasant people to meet and to get acquainted with. 
And I, I, I appreciate that your the compliment that you paid to uh, Tom, Gretelin, and John. Uh, I think most people share that sentiment that it's just a great a group of people to work with and to sort of soak up their uh, their creative minds and their good personalities. Shortly before the the coronavirus, I was I was auditioning for a for a poem, Crossing Brooklyn Ferry, and John Watechko. He always gives me directions that would that would seem uh, like they're arduous directions, but but I see them as uh, as just you know very helpful tips. And but even though some parts are just uh, or I seem apprehensive, but but it's hard work. But I just I keep paying attention to what's um, to what's part of the poem or or the script and. But then several months later, I was uh, I was auditioning for um, G.K. Chesterton, Father Brown, and the Mystery of the Blue Cross, and, and that discovery had led me up to to a great engagement, and and I start to meet a lot of people, and and that experience had brought me so much, uh, gives me so much gratitude, and. Uh, uh, what I saw is uh, Chris Pelusi as Detective Valentin and uh, and John Walker as Father Brown, and I find he did uh, he did a fabulous job. And the major roles are much more difficult. And 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 then I was the the minor character, the waiter, and, which is in my comfort zone and. And I thought I prefer minor characters best than 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 auditioning for big roles that that they've got all the lines that that I can't memorize off by heart. You know, um, I was I'm listening to you, and you know you 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 mention a couple of things. You mention the the having to take direction you mentioned working with John and what you know what seems like what might be kind of arduous requests and having to sort of get it right and you're working through it as you're reading it you talk about working with these other actors like John Walker you know who obviously sort of are it's in their sort of uh, DNA if you will to just sort of be able to pick up a script and read and memorize you know but in spite of all of that I think the point that I like that you're making is that it, it's it's work. You know, you, you have to you have to listen closely to your direction. You have to listen to what the director's saying. You have to you have to really read the script. I think a lot of people might say, "Oh, well, it's just voice acting. You just have to stand behind a microphone and read your script and be done." And I think it's more complicated in some ways to be a voice actor because no one can really see your face. Now, the live Zoom productions aside, uh, most of these other readings that we do for audio theater, no one ever sees your face. So you have to be able to give all of the intonation, all of the emotion, everything that the writer wanted. You have to be able to just do that with your voice only because no one can see you. So I, right. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think it is work and it's not something you just sort of get up and do. Yes, of course. And, you know, and depending on uh, on that flexibility and that uh, and the changes that the director can make, um, I can pay attention to very well. And uh, and these directions are just <laughs> they're just um, 
they're just kind of easygoing. And as, uh, as most voice acting programs and other theater and film programs, they, but they seem competitive that, that they wanted to get this done. But with this program, I, I feel, for instance, it's very flexible. Well, I think, uh, you know, with audio theater being a sort of Christ, Christian-backed organization, I think we come at it with a, a great mm-hmm. attitude of charity and patience and real true kind of love for the craft. Uh, we, we want really good quality, but we're, we're interested in the person. We are interested in our volunteers. We care about our volunteers. So I think that comes through in the people that, you know, our volunteers encounter whenever they're doing, you know, a poem or a story or a production. And uh, it really, I think, makes a huge difference in how people uh, interact with the audio theater. That's true. And then several months after that, uh, I get an email from the from the audio theater that, that there is a production, The Nightmare of Prince Pretelski, written by Kelsey McIntyre. And, and so I got the, the part of the narrator. And that feels so wonderful. And so I've been studying the script so well, and I've been deeply connected. What was, what was your favorite part of actually getting to be the narrator for that story? Well, for me as a, as a narrator, I was really moved by the script and, and the characterizations of the attendants, the prince, and, and, the, uh, and the craftiness of the narrator. And Kelsey McIntyre is a really prolific writer, and I was able to emulate a, a calming presence as I narrate through that story. Well, Sean, let's uh, let's uh, get out the last question here before we have to wrap up the show. So you've uh, you've done a little bit. You're kind of excited. You got this nightmare of Prince Brzezowski, you know, uh, wrapped and done. What do you hope to do down the road with audio theater? Well, I just hope that in the near future that if there are some live productions, I would I'll be able to audition for one again or. Or just see about driving down to the audio theater for some other events, like like the baking contests, which is always fun. Well, I can tell you there's going to be no shortage of stories, poems, or even live productions uh, for you to audition for, or uh, anyone, for that matter, who wants to audition. So... I definitely encourage your desire to want to audition and to be a greater part of audio theater. Sure. It, it builds integrity and it builds professionalism. Well, Sean Riley, uh, I want to thank you for being on the show with me today. And to our listeners out there, uh, if you would like to hear some of Sean's work, uh, his most recent one, of course, being The Nightmare of Prince Przelski, and like to hear him as a narrator, please uh, look to some of our media outlets on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, of course, as always, you can visit our website at waobaudiotheater.org. Uh, Sean, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you, Albert. Stay healthy.
Oh, I, I will do my very best. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Table Content. I hope you will join us for the next episode. Until then, be good, stay safe, peace. Peace.